So I wanted to, uh, I didn't initially plan to do this, but, uh, but I, I, I thought that uh, based on our study last week that we should stay and talk about Joshua a little bit more and continue this idea of feet on fire. Um, you know, that, that basically the Lord allowed Joshua to, uh, to, to, to understand that wherever he put his foot, that the Lord would give him that place. Do you guys ever watch a movie and, and you guys are like, wow, this movie is really good. And like, you're like, like halfway through the movie, you're like, wow, this is probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And, and you get towards the end. And as you get towards the end, all of a sudden it ends and you're like, and it's like a cliffhanger. And you're like, ah, what? And you know, like in the movie industry, it's going to take like three years to get the next you know, part two out, and you're like, oh man, this is killing me. I, I kind of went through this with the Hunger Games. I know there's some fans and some people that aren't fans of the Hunger Games, but I went through this with the Hunger Games. I, I saw the first one, all the hype, you know, and I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is a great movie, and I saw the end, I was like, oh, what happens next? And I was so upset, I really wanted to hear what happened next, and and so, of course, I told Thomas to read the book so that he could tell me what happens next because I'm not going to read it. Uh, you know, that would, that would require too much time on my behalf to read the book. So Thomas read the book. I'm like, what happened? You know, and he tries to tell me. But it's not as good as actually seeing it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, when we, when we start reading the first chapter of Joshua, we see the Lord, you know, says, Joshua, all this is going to be yours. Everywhere you set your foot is going to be yours. I'm going to give it to you, right? And do you wonder, did you wonder last week after we got to talking about feet on fire and where Joshua puts his foot next, did you wonder, is that really true? Did that really happen? Or when some of you guys are like, I just didn't really think about it actually. It really crossed my mind, but now you're talking about it. Okay. And some of you guys are like, yeah, that, that, that's something that was, that was really, really, um, something I was wondering about. Because remember, Joshua 1.5 said this, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised to Moses. And then remember, we talked about three times after that, he tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Now, um, during, during like the summer, like when it's like July and it's like, probably like 130 degrees outside, right? Uh, uh, my mother-in-law, right, she tells me to put her, my jacket on, right, to take a jacket with me. And I'm like, why do I why, take a jacket with me? It's like a million degrees outside. I'm not taking a jacket. So I don't take a jacket. You know, so she tells me. And I know I don't take the jacket, you know what I'm saying? I don't take the jacket. And then, and then what happens? It's like, it's like this freak event. Like, they, it, it's like, it's like, it never happens, right? And then, and then this one time, I don't take the jacket, it's 130 degrees outside, and all of a sudden, God cuts the temperature by like 70 degrees, right? And I'm shaking. And I think to myself, this doesn't make any sense. Why, why is this happening in the middle of July? Well, Joshua here, the Lord's telling him, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. He tells him over and over again. Why? Because he's got to prepare him for something. He's telling him for a reason. I want you guys to write this down if you guys have something. God's insight will be your reality. God's insight will be your reality. You know, I can't tell you how many times God shared something with me and... and uh and I don't, I don't beckon his call. You know, I don't listen to what he's telling me. And then all of a sudden, I need that something. And I totally forgot that he told me to do it. And then I'm like in shambles. And Joshua really goes through this. He's, he's, he's successful up to the point, up to the point where we're going to read today in Joshua 6 and chapter 6 and 7. 
But once he gets to this point, he comes across some turmoil, and we're going to see what his response is to this, and we're going to see if Joshua actually reflected back onto what the Lord told him to be strong and courageous. 2 Corinthians 1, 8-11 says this, We do not want to be uniformed, brothers, about the hardships, uninformed, sorry, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. You see, I don't know if you guys have this issue, but I have this issue. And actually, I experienced it this morning. I woke up, I told you guys, in pain, and and my kidney was hurting, and I didn't know what was going on, and what exactly do I do? No, I don't go to the Lord in prayer. In fact, what I do is, oh, it must be a muscle pain, and I toss in bed, and I try to find a better position, and I fall back asleep, and then a half hour later, I'm waking back up again, and I'm in pain again, and, and I don't think to pray about it. I don't think to pray about it because why don't we pray about things because we think we can figure it out. You know what I'm talking about? We think we got it all under control. We think we can rely on ourselves. Well, Paul says here, he says, look, I believe the Lord took me through this something. I believe the Lord took us through this something so that we can realize our reliance is on the Lord. And so Joshua, with feet on fire, he has to realize his reliance is on the Lord and he has to be strong and courageous in the Lord. If you guys have your Bibles, open up with me to Joshua chapter 6. Once again, no Bibles flipping. We got to get house Bibles. Somebody brought that up. Somebody brought that up. We got to get house Bibles in the church so that people have Bibles if you don't have a Bible. How many of you guys are relying upon up there? But if you guys know anything about this portion of scripture, that, you know, Joshua is going to take down Jericho, right? Well, really, the Lord's going to take down Jericho. And you guys know the song, Joshua, Jericho, Jericho. No, no, no. All right, some of you guys do. <laughs> you guys just want me to sing it, right? No, it's not going to happen. But, the, but the, the the Israelites were instructed to march around Jericho, and they were instructed to do it in a certain sequential um, way, right? They were to march around Jericho once a day. And then on the seventh day, they were to march around it seven times. And then we come to this point where Joshua says, okay, you guys don't say a word. Don't say a word at all until I tell you when to shout. And then he's going to tell them when to shout. So 617. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted. Actually, let's just back up a little bit more. 16. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute, why? Because remember, she helped out the spies. And all who are within her house shall be spared, because because she hid the spies we sent. 
But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Look, don't take any of it. Don't take any of these things because if you do, you're going to bring trouble not only on yourself, but you're going to bring trouble on everybody. You're going to bring trouble on the camp. And then 19, all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. The spark of temptation. Hopefully we're going to watch a, a quick video here. I think we can all relate, right? We've all been through a situation where something looks really tempting, right? And then maybe, uh, you know, I don't know what your Achilles heel is. My Achilles heel, I'm not supposed to, I, I, I decided I wasn't going to eat red meat. Not that I'm not supposed to, but I decided I wasn't. But guess what? I cannot resist in and out. Um, and if I come near an in and out, I don't, they like do this on purpose. Like they must have like big, huge fans, like on the top of their cell, like, just blow the smell everywhere. Like you could be like three miles away and you're like, there's an in and out around here, you know? And, and, and so it's like my Achilles heel. I'm like this. I'm like, oh man, in and out smells so good. I want to eat some in and out. And, and I can imagine, I can imagine that Achan here, he's, he's, he's looking at this like as a huge pile of marshmallows. Joshua's like, nobody take the gold and the silver. Nobody take the sacred things. It goes in God's treasury. And Achan's like, oh, what? That looks so attractive. It, it's, it's so, it, it looks so nice. Maybe I can just get away with a little bit. And as we were watching the video, you saw that girl. She was like, she just took a little tiny bite. And you know, you know what she's thinking? She's thinking if I flip it upside down and kind of turn it towards myself, maybe she'll never see it, right? Maybe she won't see that I just took a little bit. And that's how we deal with temptation because, because we just want to take a little bit and we think that it's going to be okay. We think that God's going to be okay with the fact that we just didn't take it all. Dan Bennett said this, he says, when temptation knocks, imagination usually answers. When temptation knocks, imagination usually answers. You know, you, you imagine like you're like, oh, that marshmallow looks so good. And you're tempted to eat it. You're like just dreaming about eating. You're like, oh, yeah. I, I would take a bite here and then here. And then here, oh no, 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 maybe, maybe I would take, maybe I would just take two huge bites. Or like that other kid, maybe one, maybe I just get it and just ram it down my throat. You know? But you imagine it, you, you take it and you imagine it, and that's, you know, this is the reason why the Lord says, look, you don't, you know, the, the, the idea that, the idea that, um, sexual temptation for men happens only in the event that you actually go through it, that you follow through with it. No, the Lord takes it even a step further. He says, He says, if you even imagine it, if you imagine it, you've done it. If you imagine it, you've done it, because, because why? It's corrupting your mind. And so Achan here, you know, he, I, I, I assume that he's, that he's already imagined it, that, that he's going to consume it, that he decides in his heart, I am going to steal some of that gold and silver. And so, guess what he does? He does it. He does it. And he thinks he's going to get away with it. I mean, dude, you've been traveling 
with Moses, right? You've been traveling all these years and you've heard about the great and miraculous thing that God's done for your people and you think that you're going to be able to steal gold and silver from God and get away from it? The same God that is splitting waters, bodies of water, huge bodies of water is the same God you think you're... The same God that sent the plagues onto Egypt, you think you're going to escape that God. You think you're going to get away with this. But even more importantly, remember, we're talking about how Joshua, how Joshua responds to this situation. Joshua 7, 6-9. So this is what's happening at this point in time. Joshua is, is, is getting ready to go on to the next battle. Jericho's done. He's getting ready to go on to the next battle. And, and he sends some spies out to Ai. And the spies go out to Ai and they come back and they report, Joshua, we don't even need to worry about this battle. This battle's under wraps. We got this. Don't send out a lot of our army because they're all tired. We just got done with Jericho. Everybody's beat down. We only need to send 3,000 people. So Joshua says, okay, cool. So he sends the 3,000, and they go to fight. And when they go to fight, guess what? They get completely routed. Wait, hold on. They get routed. They, they, they don't win. But in Joshua 1.5, the Lord says to Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised to Moses. Wait, hold on. I'm confused here. Why is God not allowing Joshua to win? Well, you know why? Because there's sin in the camp. There's an issue in the camp. See, Achan, he thought he was going to get away with it, and then they lose, and then now we got a situation. Now we got an issue. But how does Joshua respond to this when they lose the battle? He's freaking out. He's, he's having a conniption fit, right? And in Joshua chapter 7, verse 6, it says, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. I think about, I think about Annalisa and Thomas, my son and daughter, right? When they were like around two years old, you know? And, and, you know, you tell them, no, you can't have ice cream. Ah! You know, there's bother going on. <laughs> and I think Joshua was like, oh, Lord, why, why? And he falls to the ground and he's pouting, he's whining. Why? Because he's so concerned. You know what he's concerned about? He's not concerned with anything except for this, and we're going to read this. He's concerned that all the rest of the armies around are going to find out that they lost, and then they're going to come and whoop on them. He's concerned with his own life. He's concerned with the life of the people. He's not concerned with what the root of the issue is, because there is a root, and the root is sin. The root is sin. And we have this struggle in our own lives where, where we have sin going on in our own lives and we're not concerned about it. We're just concerned about how we're impacted. We're not concerned about how we're impacting the Lord and impacting the people around us. But then this even gets better because Joshua is being an example for those around him. Because if you're reading with me, it says the elders of Israel did the same. They did the same. They ripped, they ripped their clothes and they fell to the ground and they were there till evening. They did the same and they sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, ah, oh, sovereign Lord, why did, and underline this, you ever bring this people 
across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. And then I love this. Then he flips it. If only we, underline that, had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. You see how he does this here? He says, if you had done this, and if we hadn't done this, if we had been content, and he totally flips the script. It's like he's being bold, but not too bold, because he says, if you would have done this, well, if we would have just been content, it would have been okay. Oh Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? You guys ever try to manipulate people like that? You know, like he's trying to manipulate God here, right? He says, what then will you do for your great name? What are you going to do for yourself, Lord? Because we're trying to get the benefit of something? You guys know people like that in your life, right? Like They're like, like what are you going to do about this? And it's like, whatever you're going to do about it is going to benefit them, but they're putting the onus on you to do something by trying to get you to do it? And Joshua is saying, what are you going to do this? What are you going to do about this to defend your great name? I was thinking about the fact, too, this example that Joshua was being, you know, the Lord's really telling him, you know, he's saying, stand up. Stand up. In verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down in your face? Why, why are you down there? Why are you throwing a fit? Why are, not only why are you throwing a fit, but why are you setting an example for others to throw a fit? You guys have been in this situation before, right? Where you guys, you guys are in this heated conversation with somebody and there's somebody in the car and it's a child and that child is like four or five years old. They, they have this amazing parrot ability, right? And you're having an argument and you're yelling at the other person. The other person is yelling at you. And then all of a sudden you use some kind of profanity, right? And next thing you know, like the next day, the four or five year old is like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? Where'd you learn that from? Where did you learn that from? Where did that person learn that from? I don't know. It wasn't me. Yes, it was. You set the example. And so now every single time that, that they go through something, that, that the elders see something, that they saw Joshua do something, now potentially they're going to respond the same way. They're going to say, oh, no, why? And throw a fit. And, and God is like, you know what, Joshua? Stand up. And then he says, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. And they have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Now, if you're anything like me, I'd be like, okay, who did it? Who did it? 
And you're going to take it up on your own hands, right? You're going to figure it out yourselves, you know? Yeah, you, were you ever in a classroom? I was in the classroom, uh, where I had this teacher, um, she was our, I think our English teacher and, 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 and we, we were bad kids. You know, I was at a private school and we were still bad kids and, and, and you remember they used to have those pencils that had those lead in them and, and, and it was in a piece of plastic and it looked like a bullet, right? And we used to take those and we used to, we used to turn it around, right? And do the bad thing, right? And, you know, shoot them at people, you know? And so, and so what we would do is when the teacher turned her back, we'd shoot them at the chalkboard right next to her, right? And so she'd hear ding, 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 like that, you know, against the chalkboard. And guess what she would do? Guess what she would do? She would call the principal and the principal would come in and the principal would say, nobody's leaving this classroom until I find out who did this. And we're like, cool. Looks like no more class. No more class for the rest of the day. And we just chill in the classroom. And then she'd be like, okay, I'm going to start looking through your guys' stuff. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no. And so like you're trying to figure out how you're going to get in somebody else's backpack or something so that you don't get blamed. So you don't get blamed, but, but see, God has this figured out. He knows, he knows the people's hearts and he knows they're going to lie. So he just helps to single things out a little bit. He helps to get to the point, the matter. And so he starts dividing them up into tribes and he tells Joshua to divide them in tribes. And, and then once they're dividing the tribes, then he goes to the family level. And then once he goes to the family level, then he goes to the individual level and he quickly disseminates who this person is. Jeremiah 23, 24 says this, Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I feel the heaven and earth, declares the Lord. You see, we can't hide. You're not going to be able to hide. Some of us figure, oh, I just have a little bit of sin in my life, and I'm going to be able to hide that. No, you're not. That's a lie. You cannot hide from God. God will find you out. He knows what's going on in your life. So then the last thing is obedience steps. Joshua 7, starting in verse 13 here. Go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, that which is devoted is among you. O Israel, you cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe that the Lord takes shall come forward clan by clan. And the clan that the Lord takes shall come forward family by family. And that family that the Lord takes shall come forward man by man. He who is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire. Along with all that belongs to him. All that belongs to him. Right? See, back in the day, your, your family belonged to you, right? As a man, your family belonged to you. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. See, I can guarantee you what Achan is thinking right now. What he's, what Achan's thinking right now is he's thinking, man, I wish there was Delta Airlines so I could go jump on that flight and get out of here. I wish I could run to another country so I can get out of here. I wish I can get out of here because I know I'm about to be found out. And Joshua was taking these obedient steps. It says, early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes and Judah was taken. The clans of Judah came forward and he took Zerahites. And he had the clan of the Zerahites come forward by families and Zimri was taken. Joshua had his family come forward man by man and Achan 
son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him the praise. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan replied, It's true! It's true I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. That is what I have done. And when I saw the plunder, when I saw it, when I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted. Then I coveted them and I took them. And they are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Great plan there, dude. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and the Israelites and spread them out before the Lord. And then Joshua, together with all the Israel, with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold wedge, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent, and all he had to the valley of Accor. And Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? Why did you do this? You knew for a fact it wasn't just going to affect you. It was going to affect the entire camp. And look, we lost 36 guys in battle because of your stupidity. We lost these guys because of you. The Lord will bring trouble on you today. And then all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan, they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. And then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. You know, as I think about what Joshua must have gone through, Joshua learned something very valuable here. You see, his feet were on fire. God had promised him that he was going to be able to take everywhere that he set his foot. But see, God's only going to bless you when you're not living in sin. God's not going to say, you can take everything. God's not going to say, I have this promise for you. You can take this if you're going to live in sin. Because the Lord's not going to be with you. And it says that in Scripture. The Lord was not with them because there was sin in their camp. So they went to fight a battle without the Lord. And guess what? They had all their superpowers gone. God was not going to fight with them and God allowed them to lose so they could have a very learning moment for themselves. I want to challenge you guys, you know, as you guys are going through life, you know, as we're, as you guys are doing things and you guys set your foot to something and you believe that the Lord's giving you that something, check it out. Your feet aren't going to be on fire. God's not going to bless those things unless you're not living in sin. You can't continue to live in sin and think the Lord's going to bless you. The Lord's not going to bless you while you live in sin. It's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. And see, Joshua, he decided, he decided at that moment that he was just going to break down and realize, you know what, this is the Lord's. That's the reason why he told me be strong and courageous because I'm going to come across battles. I'm going to come across difficult times where I have to make difficult choices and I have to be obedient in those choices. I guarantee you it wasn't easy for Joshua to stone Achan and his family. But he acted out of obedience. Why? Because God's just and God wanted that to happen. Difficult times require difficult measures. And as we close up this morning, you know, I just want you guys to be thinking about how God wants to use you. How does God want to use you 
And what's inhibiting that from happening in your life? Now that's a big promise. When you tell Joshua, everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. A long time ago, I'm going to just share this with you real quick. A long time ago, um, when I was a senior in high school, uh, you know, God gave me this vision. And, uh, and that vision is, is that he, I was standing in front of, I don't know, I mean, it's impossible for me to tell you, but I was standing in front of probably thousands of people. And, uh, and I was, I was delivering a sermon. I believe God showed me that for a purpose because that's in my future. That's in my future. I believe that God, that's what God has for me in my future. But guess what? God's not going to give it to me if I have sin in my life. He's not going to allow me to step out into the blessings He has for me with sin in my life. And so what I have to decide to do on a daily basis, I have to decide to deny myself, pick up my cross and follow Him. Because as soon as I start living for Sean, then I have all this sin built up inside of me. And see, the devil, he just wants to pile sin in your life. He wants to tempt you in every way. He wants to treat you like Achan. He wants to treat you like the marshmallow people and put a marshmallow in front of you and say, don't touch that. Because if you touch that, that's a sin. And so so we, we just focus in on the marshmallow. We're like, I want to eat that marshmallow so bad though. And, and, and like Achan, we're going to say, but I coveted it. I, I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. And God's saying, no, but you can't have it. See, a lot of people say that when, when the tree of, of, of knowledge, when the tree of, uh, that was in the garden, that, 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 that was, that, that was, that was like that marshmallow just sitting there. See, God requires devotion from us. He wants devotion and He wants us to give Him all of us and, and so he requires us to make decisions on a daily basis to resist temptation. See, the Bible says that you will, that, that no man, no man has come across temptation that's unable to bear. But in fact, when you come against temptation, when temptation comes into your life, that God will give you a way to stand up from underneath it, right? He wants, he wants to be able to encourage you and, and get you out from that temptation. So if you're struggling with the temptation in your life where it's just enrapturing your life and, and you want to give it over to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I just want you to have this, Lord. I don't want to deal with temptation anymore, but I want to be faithful in the things that you called me to do. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, I encourage you to get prayed and so we'll have, you know, Alan and Ellie go out there in the back after service, you know, because it was kind of loud in here last time, but I want you to be able to get prayed for. So if you guys want to get prayed for, we'll have Alan and Ellie go out there and, and, uh, and you should get prayed for, man, because God really wants to use you and he can't use you if you have sin just entrenched in your life. 